Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There we go. What up, Bucks fans? We are back. This is Real Bucks. I am Michael Plus, your host, Mark Ramirez, our co-host. We got a special guest on Christopher Price of the Boston Globe, also the League Network podcast. Uh, he does the Patriots Report. Chris, man, it's, it's awesome to have you on and get to talk some Patriots Bucks matchup coming up. I'm excited for it, man. It should be fun. This is really. And, you know, it's funny, we were talking about this beforehand. There's regional biases on, on both of our sides. But I think, really, this is the most anticipated regular season game of the year. You know, you, 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 anytime you have, you know, this sort of matchup, you know, a, a Brady, Belichick, you, know, you, 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 you kind of assemble all of that drama. I, I think it's going to be fun. I do. I think it's a compelling game, and I think there's a reason it's on in prime time. So it, it should be fun. Yeah, so, I mean, this is – Big hot ticket. We were talking about it before the show. I mean, Brady Belichick, that's going to be the big thing. Who is the reason behind all the wins, the Super Bowl victories, the whole thing? And that's why this ticket's so high. I mean, this is something where this is probably going to be the meat of our debate. Who is it truly? A lot of people will always knock the table. It's Tom Brady. I think you have a different view, but let's hear it. Who do you think? Yeah. It's interesting when when you consider it, and, and that's been the long-running debate up here for you know going on 20 years, whether it's Brady and Belichick. And I think a lot of people believe that because Brady went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl last year with Tampa Bay, that gives him a one-up. I've always believed that you give a little bit more credit to Belichick because Belichick is also the GM in addition to the coach. We talked beforehand. Look, you know, Belichick, you know, Belichick is a guy who puts the defensive players around him. And so, you know, Brady has a huge role in that. And I'm talking, you know, if we're if we, you know, put together a pie chart, we're looking at like a 51 to 49, you know, who gets the credit for all this, you know. But I I do, I still think I I still think Belichick gets a, a little bit of credit, a little bit more credit than Brady, again, just because he's the GM. Look, he hasn't been a perfect GM not by any stretch of the imagination, but he's been able to put the players around Brady. At least he was able to put the players around Brady when the two were here in New England. So I give him a little bit more credit. Again, like a 51 to 49 breakdown. Yeah. Is, is my audio better now? Am I good? No. Good. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, talking about Brady and Belichick, I, I think it was just, like you said, Chris, it, it's a combined effort. I think obviously Brady brings – 
just that clutch ability to, to play the quarterback position leadership. And he's, you know, another coach on the field. So it helps Belichick to kind of focus more on the defensive side of the football. And I think those two combined were just, you know, a stellar team and obviously winning, you know, seven Super Bowls or six, six Super Bowls. It was, uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And, and the other thing too, is, I mean, going to nine Super Bowls, that's the thing that I always am continuously blown away by. They went to nine Super Bowls together. Right. I, I always compared them when they were here to kind of a Lombardi kind of Bart star relationship because Lombardi was the genius. He was the guru. He was the guy who was years ahead of his time in a lot of ways. Uh, in, in Bart Starr, when he came out of college, was not a highly decorated quarterback. He was not a highly regarded quarterback. But the two of them together, I think in a lot of ways, it kind of kind of created this template for, for those sorts of combinations, whether it was Lombardi and Starr, whether it was, you know, Joe Montana and, and, and Bill Walsh, um, you know, Chuck Noll, Terry Bradshaw, those types of guys, those types of combinations, uh, to a lesser extent, Bradshaw. But you guys get where I'm going with this, that that – you know, on their own, they would have success and they would probably win a Super Bowl, maybe two. Um, but together, it's almost unfair. You know, how how really, how truly diabolical, you know, things could get when the, when the two of them were together. So I, I put them, obviously I put them at the top, but, you know, they're, they're part of that conversation when you look at those great coach-quarterback combinations. And you could argue, you know, who's who's more responsible for what down the road. But I think I think those groups of guys created the template, created the blueprint for them moving forward. Like that marriage of quarterback coach. I mean, that's yeah. the biggest thing everyone looks for, right? Yeah. I think just media is hyping this just to be who's the best of anything. That's what media does, right? They want to hype things to what yeah. it is. But yeah. to your credit, I agree. I mean, Tom Brady wasn't the one kicking the field goals to win the games in the end. Tom Brady wasn't the one defensively holding the Falcons never to score again in that, what, 24-3 uh, yep. three. Did he stop them every time? No, he just did his job. Tom Brady's always the one that says, oh, I got to do my job and I can't mess up because I'm going to mess it up for everyone else on the team. So, yeah, he's doing his job to his best of his ability, but it is a team game. Belichick did put all that together. His defensive genius, he just throws people around. And it, it looks bad at first, and all of a sudden it comes together at the end. So mm-hmm. he does do some things. It's Yeah, now it, having quarterback does help, let's be honest, but – Again, like you said, that marriage between the two at 59, 51%, 49%, whatever it is. But I can see why you would lean towards Belichick. I mean, yeah, Brady got the GOAT because of the whole team, not just because of him willing himself over everyone else. My 16-year-old son would beg to differ here, but but I, I still <laughs> believe that, that, that we're giving a little more credit to Belichick when you're, when you're talking about who's responsible for the, the success when, the, you know, when they were together in New England. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. let's talk about the game then, right? So now in New England is Mac Jones. He's the let's see the eventual, hopefully next Tom Brady. Like everyone's going to want to hopefully put him to be. So, what is your early thoughts on Mac Jones in this New England offense, and do does he have a, a, like I guess a shot of actually pushing this Bucks defense, even though they got torched in this last game against the Rams? I think it's a lot to ask of him at this stage of his career. I, I think one of the things that stands out for me, based on the first three games, from what we saw from him, it, look, it's a limited sample size. But because of injury and because of personnel, they're putting an awful lot on his shoulders at this stage. Uh, Trent Brown, the right tackle, who was so integral to what they needed to get done offensively, 
He's been out since early in the first game. Uh, he went down with a calf injury, hasn't played the last two weeks. James White went down with a hip injury in roughly halfway through this past game. He was the most dependable offensive option the Patriots have had over the first three games. You mix that in with a pair of tight ends, talented tight ends, but two tight ends who are still relatively new to the system in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. And you you have really not a recipe for disaster, but really a, a quarterback who at this stage of his career needs to be set up for success at every turn. And the Patriots have not done that. I'm not saying anyone's necessarily at fault here because there have been some injuries and there's been some, some really good play on the other side of the ball. But I think when you look at the situation right now, as it exists at this point, I think they need someone else around them, around Mac Jones. Someone else needs to be able to step up and have themselves a career game if they want to be able to have a chance at beating the Bucs, whether that's those two tight ends stepping up and really truly asserting themselves. You know, maybe they get a standout effort on the defensive side of the ball. The Patriots defense has played relatively well over the first three games. They're not where they want to be ultimately. They're still missing some guys, uh, including Stephon Gilmore, but maybe it's the defense that steps up. Maybe the special teams, you know, gets its you-know-what together after a really poor performance against the Saints, you know, and, and that's, and you guys know, I mean, that's, that was really out of the ordinary for New England special teams to have a block punt, to have a kickoff out of bounds, to have special teams penalties. They don't have that kind of margin for error this year if they want to be able to win games. They have to be able to play near to perfect with a rookie quarterback under center, and they just haven't done it so far. Right. Yeah. When you look at Mac Jones, and I think he's a, you know, a prospect that, I think has some good upside because he can win within the pocket. He's good. He's smart. He's accurate. He, you know, he's quick with his decisions for the most part. Uh, but the biggest thing is like just protection overall. They got to find a way to, you know, give him time and then also, you know, design some, some plays where they can scheme guys open more. Uh, Cause the, you know, let's be honest, the receiving talent is just not, you know, up to par to really put, that offense over the top. I mean, they, yeah. they brought in some tight ends, you know, to help out. Um, and, you know, you have some, some receivers that are, are on the upside, you know, with Jacoby Myers and, uh, but it just, some of those picks on the receiving end just hasn't worked out. So yeah. hopefully that can, you know, be better going forward. And you got to lean more on the run game with the running backs that they have and, yeah. you know, try to utilize play action because that's what, you know, Mac Jones does very well. I'm going to be interested to see, and we talked about this before the show, but I'm going to be interested to see how they decide to utilize their running backs in this game because Damian Harris has been their lead back through the first three games, but the James White injury and Ramondre Stevenson uh, really struggled in the opener. He's been a healthy scratch the last two weeks. A guy who really flashed well in the preseason, does he come back? Do they play him out of necessity in this game? Do they go back to a guy who's more of a special teamer, but a part-time running back in Brandon Bolden, who really struggled last week against the Saints? So there's a lot of questions about that backfield. Again, you like Harris as the number one guy. You like Harris as your lead back, the guy who you could theoretically hand the ball to 20 times and you could get 80-plus yards. But you need a little change-up. Uh, I happen to think a guy who might be capable of that is J.J. Taylor, the youngster out of Arizona, who is a really fascinating prospect because he's undersized he's super quick he can chip in on special teams i don't know if he's a traditional between the tackles guy that you know you can't really hand him the ball you know, like you could say you know deon lewis a few years ago and expect him to really make a lot of to make a lot of hate between the tackles but he could be a guy who could be an offbeat presence for this patriots team come sunday night 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's definitely something they have to, you know, find a way to get going. You know, the run game needs to be a, a big time proponent of this offense, you know, to help out that rookie quarterback. And but I, I wanted to shift a little gears, talk a little bit more about the defense. I know, you know, the front seven, they have some guys up front with Yushe um, and Matt Judon and a uh, couple of guys that they just rotate in and out that can make plays, uh, you know, and get after the quarterback. Uh, what do you see on that that side of the ball that's kind of been, um, I guess, a strength uh, so far this year? Well, I think I think you you hit on one of the names, Josh Uche, youngster out of Michigan. I think he's been a, a real pleasant surprise. Uh, the other guy who, along that defensive front, two other guys who really I, I love, Matthew Judon. Judon has played really well over the first three games. He had a sack and a half last week against, um, against New Orleans. I think he's going to be one of those guys who might be capable of, and we talked about this off the top, where – you know, elevating their game and in, in coming out and having a really special performance. He's performed very well over the first three games, but he's got to go from like here to here, uh, you know, come, come Sunday night. Um, and the other guy who I just love is, is Lawrence guy, uh, just smart, just heady, dependable guy, you know, presence in the middle who I think plays really well on a consistent basis, a down to down basis can play against the run, can give you a little penetration up the middle. Um, but they really, they really struggled against the run. I, I, I wonder if, this is a week, and it's funny, for 20 years up here in New England, people talked about the blueprint, how to beat Tom Brady, how to get after Tom Brady, and it's about making him uncomfortable with pressure up the middle. And, and I wonder if the Patriots, if Uche is healthy, he was a scratch last week against the Saints because of a back issue. I wonder if Uche, who's demonstrated a pretty good pass rushing motor, they move him, you know, they they, they move him around a little bit. You know, they, they, they try and get some pressure up the middle with him. But I think really when you're talking about that Patriots front seven, we're going to see New England try and do something that a lot of teams tried to do in New England for the last 20 years is get that pressure up the middle. Be physical with him. Try and get him off his spot. Whether you can execute it, it's another matter entirely. But for you know, seeing that for 20 years here, you know, work against the Patriots, it's going to be interesting to see if the Patriots try the same thing this week against Tampa and Tom Brady. You said it just there. I mean, it brings us full circle about the Belichick-Brady argument. I mean, Belichick's seen – Brady for 20 years, he knows his weaknesses, strengths, areas where he likes to go with the ball, and then areas also where he is weak with the ball. So you would think a defensive mind genius like Belichick is would attack that, and that's something where us as Buck fans, he'd actually realize, holy crap, this guy may know something. Okay, It's almost like Gruden when we played the, the Oakland Raiders in the Super Bowl. He knew every little ounce of everything, and he could call it out before it was even going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is actually kind of, again, why the game is so – so it's such a big hyped thing. Who is it? Who is it that is the mastermind? Who is it that really got him to that? So that yeah. adds even more value to the game. And then one other thing I want to touch on the running back situation. I, I'm sorry to say this, but it is, it is. This is what it is. The Bucks de- defensive run game, running games, they just iron wall. <laughs> it's kind of hard to get through what the Bucks put up in their yeah. front seven. Yeah. And if it's already a weakness there, I mean I know the, the the Patriots just like to be 50-50. They like to be even keel. It's still it's going to be hard, especially for Mac Jones. If that part of the game is cut out, if he gets the one-dimensional just passing, it's not going to look pretty. But I know they're going to try and keep it 50-50. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I also think, too, that this might be a week where Josh McDaniels opens it up a little bit, tries to give him a jump start, tries to do something unique, tries to do something different. We saw – you know, over the first two games, we saw some, you know, a little bit of razzle-dazzle, some back passes and stuff. And maybe he tries to open it up this week against against Tampa Bay. The, the other thing, too, is 
it's one thing for us to sit here and say, or you know, for me to sit here and say, look, this is the way, you know, we saw it for so many years. This is the game plan. This is how you try and beat Tom Brady. It's another thing to execute it. And yeah. whether or not you can do it and get away with it is 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 really, really difficult. And against a team like Tampa Bay that, you know, that, that, that appears to have, you know, more more answers than questions, I'll say that at this time of year, it's going to be a challenge for them. Um, I, that being said, I will never put anything past Bill Belichick because this, and I said this last night with someone, if you are a glasses half full person, this sets up as they're on to Cincinnati moment, you know, where a couple of years ago they were down, they got their backsides handed to them by the Chiefs and everyone was doubting them. This all week you're going to hear in the Patriots locker room, it's going to be nothing but no one believes in us. Everyone doubted us. No one thinks we're going to win. Everybody thinks we're crap. Let's go out there and try and prove them wrong. It, it's funny. I can give you guys a quick story. In the Patriots locker room, there's no actual billboard, but there are screens. And one time when we were in there, these screens, and they usually show like, okay, this is you know when the special teams meetings are. This is when the you know, defensive meetings are. When we were in there, it was just nothing but a continuous clip of, uh, you know, headlines from around the league. You know, Patriots have no chance against Baltimore this week. You know, you know the Ravens defense too mighty for no. That's what they're going to be fed a steady diet of all week. No one thinks you're going to win this game. Everyone thinks you're going to lose. How are you going to respond? So it's it is. It's going to be fascinating to see how New England responds this week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'll just say, you know, what you were talking about the the running game and run defense for the Patriots. I'll just say this: the Bucks just don't run the football. They they, they don't they don't run it well, and they don't try to run it uh, very effectively. So I don't think you have to worry about your run defense this week, as far as Patriots go. Uh, you know, we're going to try to pass the football. And I think, you know, the same thing goes for the Patriots. They're going to try to pass it on our secondary. That's definitely a weakness. Our front seven really hasn't been uh, elite uh, yet this season. They haven't really got the pressure or sacks consistently. So that, that's been something that, you know, has definitely hurt the secondaries, plus with injuries, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, just uh, close it out with this. I mean, just uh, just your overall thoughts on, you know, this – this being, you know, Brady's return and like, uh, you know, how do you see this game ultimately, you know, playing out? I think it's going to be fun. I do. I think it's, I think it's going to be tremendous. I wrote today for the, for the globe that, um, you know, here in New England, we've seen this a lot over the years. You know, we saw Roger Clemens come back with the Blue Jays. We saw Bill Parcells come back with the Jets, you know, going all the way back to 80, 81. I think it was Carlton Fisk come back with the White Sox. We've seen this story before and more often than not, the guy who comes back as the, you know, the quote unquote perceived villain ends up winning. I, I think this has a chance to be a special game. I think this has a chance to be a fun game. And again, I think that if the Patriots want a chance to win, they're going to have to get an unexpected performance out of someone who hasn't performed up to his level of capability over the first three games. Is it going to be one of the tight ends? Is it going to be Jacoby Myers? Maybe Stevenson comes back and runs for a hundred something yards or Judon has three sacks and is able to control the line of scrimmage. So I think that's possible. I don't know if it's likely, but I think it's possible. I, I think it's a tall order, though, for the Patriots at this time of the year to try and go up against, setting aside all of the Tom Brady drama, setting aside all the Rob Gronkowski returning drama. I think it's a tall order for the Patriots at this time of year to go toe-to-toe with the defending Super Bowl champions. So maybe this game would be different if it was November, December, and the Patriots kind of had more of an identity and knew what they wanted to do. But I think right now, I, I think it's an awful tall Awful tall test for for a New England team that's still trying to find itself at this time of year. Right, Mark. Oh uh, yeah, I I agree with everything you said. I mean, it's 
it's it's a lot to ask for a rookie, not not to mention just a pro against our team who you just said has more answers than questions. Yeah, we have our little hissy fit problem with our secondary right now, but still, like you're this is a, a young quarterback that's going to have to execute all the way down the field. It's not going to be a big chunk and then touchdown. It's going to be you have to win consistently, and it, you're asking that got to do a lot, especially if it is one dimensional like we mentioned earlier. Other than that, it's going to be a fun game. There's going to be a lot of hype to it. There's going to be a lot of nerves and the, the crowd's going to be insane. Is it going to be for Brady? Is it going to be mad? I guarantee they're going to be happy. I mean, either way, this is the guy. I that, do. Yeah, gonna, I do too. I agree. I, I think there's going to be a lot of cheers for Brady. I do. I think there's going to be cheers for Brady. I think you're going to have some people booing him, but I think, you know, by the end of the game, I think there's going to be enough cheers for him because it's, look, okay. he was he was the guy. You know, he was the guy. He was a special part of this team for, for 20 years. And I think this is a way. You know, the final scene of him throwing a pick six in the last playoff game, I think that left an odd taste in people's mouths. And I think over the last year plus, it's been a weird thing to watch Brady have the level of success that he had outside of New England. But I think you're going to see Patriots fans acknowledge him in, in some form or fashion at some point come Sunday night. Yeah, man, it's it's, it's going to be awesome. But with that said, Chris, I mean, this this has been a pleasure. It's always you know great to have some just great insight about the Patriots and the upcoming matchup that you know we can't wait for. Again, national televised game uh, in New England. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but with that said, Chris, just uh, let everyone know how they can find your work. And uh, again, thank you for uh, joining us. No worries at all. I'm at the I, I write for the Boston Globe. Um, I also produce the Point After newsletter. For bostonglobe.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at C Price Globe. I also do the Patriots Report on the Believe Podcast Network with you guys. So it is you, you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on social media, you can see my stuff all across the internet. Awesome, man. Again, thank you so much and uh, have a great night and can't wait for the game. Sounds good. Take care, guys. See you, man. Thank you again. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed that. I mean, it was a little something different. We went yeah. Patriots first, and then now we're switching over to the Rams. But a lot of good insight, a lot of stuff where, I mean, is it Brady? Is it Belichick? That's going to be an argument you're going to hear all week. I mean, I, we just wanted to kind of bring it out early on a Monday before we talk about all the negativity, I guess, <laughs> about this loss. But again, it's it's one loss out of a 17-game schedule. So. I just I just want to say I'm so happy. We don't have to talk about the undefeated season anymore. Thank God it can rest in peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I know it sucks to lose. I mean, obviously, it was a game yesterday where, uh, you know, it, nothing really went right for us. You know, we couldn't get the bounces. We couldn't get stops on defense. We had injuries early in the game. You know, Jamel Dean goes out, and then your whole defensive game plan shifted. Uh, so a lot of things just didn't happen. I mean, Gronk drops a pass. Dean drops an interception. Uh, we couldn't really convert on third downs early to, to start. Um, you know, there was just some things that it just didn't work out. And the Rams had answers, you know, for what we wanted to try to, to do to them. And, you know, they executed better. Uh, there was some crazy, like, like shift towards penalties against us. And for whatever reason, the Rams couldn't get, they got no calls against them. So it was just weird in that sense. I felt like our front seven was getting held consistently, but uh, you know, that's, that's just the nature of the game. Yeah. Right there. It was a terrible snowball effect or <laughs> yeah. like quicksand, but to me, the defense 
In my opinion, that sucked. <laughs> literally what it was. In my opinion, that sucked. Like the secondary. The thing is, what's sad is we've seen all this the, the past three games. The first two games, they still, the secondary wasn't doing good. I mean, right. teams were passing all over us. I mean, Dak just executed left and right. Yeah, they were attacking Cockrell, SMB, Dean. They did the same thing. Dean gets hurt. Delaney gets thrown out there. But they're still, they're executing and they're hitting on their what they're trying to run. Bucks right. had no say in anything. Yes, the front seven, front four should get in more consistently, but still, they're like you said, the calls weren't going our way at all. Like there were plenty of times I saw holding never get called on Shaq Barrett, on Tryon, Shoinka. Like I say, yeah. the whole thing is everyone gets pissed off when I don't say it. But it, it just it's annoying. And then secondary, Mike Edwards fucking freaking running in, forgive me. When <laughs> Sean Jackson's a one-trick pony, and you're what the hell are you trying to do? I don't, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And you're the de- the deep safety, and you're yeah. biting in. Just common sense things that they were doing, they were messing up on. I guess Mike Edwards still had his uh, defensive player of the week uh, <laughs> in the back of his head, and he thought, oh, here it is, we get another one. Yeah. Just so defensively, it sucked. It's been sucking for the past few games. Front seven usually helped them with. Right. Uh, well, I, I, I think, I think. Yeah, I, I think the biggest difference from the first two games is the Bucks got turnovers. You know, that that's the that's the main thing. That's what team dropped you know, that one. Right. <laughs> yeah, the Bucks defense got turnovers in those first two, and that really, you know, set things apart offensively as far as the scoreboard and you know, our offense being able to capitalize. And you're also facing lesser defenses. And this was the first time we played a legit defense where they had playmakers and guys were consistently coming after Tom Brady and they did get him a couple of times, you know, and again, those were in points of the game where it was just getting out of hand. Uh, But when you look at it, yeah, I mean, there's some things that definitely need to be cleaned up. Guys were trying to do too much. In my opinion, you got to do your job and make sure you're, you know, staying assignment sound. Uh, And same thing offensively. I thought there were some things that, just they needed to be either a little more patient or a little bit understanding of the situation uh, of how they're attacking uh, the Rams defense. Uh, there are some good things, but they just couldn't get that ultimate finish uh, from drives or they would just stall out. So a lot of things got to get cleaned up uh, and hopefully we're healthy, you know, going forward. We got a lot of injuries, uh, you know, coming up this week. Yeah, so let's go with the big first injury. Scotty Miller is going to be out for a while with his big toe injury. Yeah, it's said multiple weeks. We don't know how many that's going to be. Um, do we really know with Gio Bernard just yet about his injury? And then Gronk had his ribs injured. Yeah, so- Gio, I think we're going to hear about Wednesday. Same thing with Jamel Dean, um, Gronk. I'm, I'm hoping it's just bruised ribs, but again, that's still very painful. Uh, so just got, got to wait and see what happens with those guys. I, I know they did get uh, Kevin Minter back off the COVID list, so that's yeah. good. A good addition for the special teams. Hopefully get Antonio Brown back uh, this week. We're going to need him you know, going forward, especially with Scotty out. Um, even though Tyler Johnson looked like he was more comfortable oh, uh, yeah. yesterday, so that was good. You know, Looking like a playmaker. So that's a good thing as far as the depth, um, but hopefully we get some guys back, JPP, etc. We're going to need them. All right, so Danny got a whole bunch of questions in here. Before we address that, I want to say a couple more things. So offensively, you touched on it, Gronk dropping that one big catch, the sputtering, the inconsistencies, even Tom Brady. We showed it in our 
film study of the offense last week, he does miss at points. And early on, he was missing, even though he did have some hella good throws. He still missed Tyler Johnson the first possession of the game for a first down. And there's there's areas where it's like a little bit here and there. Some some guys just need to step up. I mean, we got to get consistent. We don't have a running game. Tom Brady was our leading rusher. Yeah, think about that. Fourteen yeah, yards. That that's pathetic. Yeah, Tom Brady not... carries fourteen yards and a touchdown. He's our leading rusher. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. But again, there's just no commitment to running the football, um, and there's just no creative, you know, aspect of the running game for the Bucks. They 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 ask a lot from too many variables to have a good consistent running game. And that's the problem. Instead of just spreading these teams out and running out of shotgun, run the football out of, you know, zone reads or whatever, and utilize motion or misdirection. Like you see these other teams do. I mean, the Rams did a great job of it yesterday and they, they were successful in getting some yards. Again, they didn't get a lot of yards, but they were successful as far as being effective with how many times they ran the football. Um, or you utilize, you know, your screen plays. I mean, they hit us with that tight end screen over and over again, and, and it works like money. So, you know, there's got to be some things in there that Byron Leftwich needs to evaluate and be better as far as his overall process. Um, I still think it's good, but he's still got to amp it up with the play action and utilize, you know, some motion and misdirection to help these guys be better. Um, and especially when you're going up against you know, a, a power offense on the other side, you need to help out your defense a little bit more and control that ball uh, more consistently than we did yesterday. Yeah, that's something even last year when we faced a good defense, we usually didn't do well. I mean, right. the Saints. The Saints both times, the Rams last year again, and the Bears last year. So it was, it's a good ongoing theme. Like, unless they actually game plan seriously, they always – cause a hiccup or we shoot ourselves in the foot defensively didn't do anything <laughs> mm. like that just that seriously needs to get cleaned up that they didn't blitz as much and they still they couldn't they couldn't cover they're dropping guys back they still couldn't do it so they need to stay to their assignment a lot of it's just be where you need to be run seven needs to do better you said this to me earlier i mean late last night early today front four has to win vita right. has to show up bigger sue JP, JPP didn't play, but when he comes back, he needs to show up. Shaq Barrett, I mean, he, he got his new contract, and where the hell was he? Yes, there were some holds that weren't called, but still, mm. you got to make it known. Throw, make them hold you so bad where it's an obvious penalty, and don't rely on the refs, even though they, they sucked ass that whole game. <laughs> but, I mean, but to me, like there was not a chance. When it went to 21-7, I already thought we lost the game. Mm. It was sad that you know, having that feeling that we're not going to come back, can't stop them. Right. Our offense is sputtering. It was the first game where, in a while, it's like there's no chance of us coming back in this game. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I didn't care when we even got it close. I was like, no, we're we're not close in this game. It's almost like how I felt when we're going to dominate the Falcons when it was 25-28. I'm like, we got this. I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same feeling but opposite in this game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, your defense allows four straight touchdowns. I mean, that that's going to make it tough on anybody. So, yeah, it's just got to clean up a lot of things. But uh, I just want to say, guys, if you're joining us now, I much appreciate it. We started off the show with Christopher Price of the Boston Globe. 
uh, also at the Believe Network podcast. And he does a great job with the Patriots report. So there was some good insight on the Patriots matchup coming up this week. Again, this is Real Bucks Talk brought to you by Bucks Report and also the Pigskin Podcast Network. So we appreciate you joining us and please give us a like, uh, give us a subscribe and comment down below what you uh, what you're thinking right now as far as, you know, is is it the end of the world? No, it's not, guys. We're going to be OK. Uh, we're two and one. Again, like I said on Twitter, this wasn't five losses. It was just one loss. So, it, you know, there's still time to get better. This team has shown in the past that it can pick up things and get going and figure out the the answers that it needs to. And do we see a Richard Sherman, you know, come in here soon, come in this week? I know that's been a topic, uh, but yeah, we just have to wait and see, see how they are going to make adjustments. All right. Before we get to Danny's questions over here, I wanted to add one thing. You said we're two and one. We can pick it up and change it really quickly. We easily could be one and two. We yeah. sh- we probably should have lost that Cowboys game. Right. We win it. We get in a close matchup against Falcons 25-28. Still win it lopsidedly because the defense showed up. Turnovers, interceptions, or touchdowns. And then we lose this one where I really didn't feel like we were. It was as close as the 10-point game as it says it was. So, and it's crazy. I mean, look, even the Chiefs, they could be, they could have been 0-3 if the Browns don't mess it up in the beginning of that first game. So, but they're one and two right now. So crazy things are happening in the NFL. It's all going to come back to what is normal and what is a really good team always takes up at the end. So uh, yeah, I'm not terrified. I'm not scared. I'm not burning bridges over here or just saying change everything. So that's why Danny's asking all these questions so we can address all these. So let's get to this. Danny has a lot in one one comment. <laughs> what is your biggest concern going forward? Okay, let's start with that one plus. Biggest concern. Is it secondary pass rush, bull scheme, penalties, drop passes, pass protection, winning game, injury, which scheme? A lot. He has a lot of which one it is, but which oh one my, of those? My goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go with just it's the front seven is a concern for me. And I know a lot of people will say secondary because of, you know, what you have back there, but this defense is predicated on the front seven being elite weekend, week out. And that's where your best players are. I mean, you have Levante, David, Devin white, Vita Vea, Sue, JPP, Shaq Barrett right there. Those guys have to be elite every week for this defense to be what it needs to be consistently and i and i know you could say well the back end's got to do their job to help the front seven yeah but if the front seven does their job it's going to make it easier for the back you know the back coverage you know so those two have to work hand in hand but you know the front seven's got to be more disruptive and dominant and then i guess my secondary concern would be no well i shouldn't say that but my other concern would be the the coaching staff, you know, Bowles and, and Byron Leftwich, because there's some things where they need to figure out as far as the process goes. I do like that they ran more too high looks yesterday, but they got to figure out how that that plays, you know, against their opponent and play a little bit more aggressive as far as their coverage goes. Yeah, so I'm going to transition over to here. This is top three takeaways from the Bucks versus Rams, and this is the first take is exactly what you said, and I fully agree with it. Head coach Bruce Arian said the lack of sacks and getting home 
with pressure is what is most concerning, most concerning for him when it comes to the defense. And I 100% agree with all the, the points you made. When front seven gets home or even gets in the face of Matthew Stafford or any quarterback for that matter, the rushing decisions, making it easier on the on the secondary. doesn't matter if D. Delaney's back there or if it's, hell, if someone mentioned, we, we trade Rojo for Stephen Gilmore. doesn't matter who the hell it is back there. It makes it easier for them if our guys are getting in. That's why Bulls likes to blitz a lot, but sometimes a smarter quarterback can hit those holes, hit those, see where the blitz is coming from, kind of hits it over the top and hits those gaps. It doesn't matter. You, the front seven, front four got to do what the hell they do. They get paid to do. Shaq got his contract. Let's see you earn that contract. He was talking about how he's going to take it to the next level this year. Was it really because JBP wasn't there <laughs> that the pressure wasn't there? So who, who is it? We, we need to see people step up. And you mentioned, you said it best. This defense is predicated on that front seven being elite and they weren't at all. So I, I 100% agree with you. I, I hate that we always agree, but <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when we we've been talking, you know, Bucks football for, you know, pretty much our whole life. And we've been doing this for a long time before this podcast even started. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's easy for us to see eye to eye. Um, and that's probably why we're best friends, but again, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's hard to, uh, to argue when, you know, we just know that, you know, the front seven needs to, to definitely be better. And Danny also talks about the secondary definitely needs to be solidified. I agree. Uh, you know, SMB to Dean, whenever they do come back, they have to be better, um, but you also have to utilize them in a better way. And what I mean by that, allow them to play to what they do well, uh, which is you know press man coverage, give them safety help over the top, allow these guys to come downhill and be aggressive on the football. Yeah, so I agree to that, and it plays into Danny's point. Is it scheme? Is it scheme wise? Yeah, and it, some some of it is. Yeah, some of it is. Some of it is your. Big money players need to play up to their their stature. I mean, they want to be superstars. They want to be guys that get their face in the newspapers. Well, then you got to play up to that. And it, it even makes it worse that when you hear during the game, all of the Rams' money isn't on the offensive line. <laughs> it's elsewhere. So yeah. that's not the – yeah, the Saints, they spend all their money there. So it's expected why Drew Brees was always up on his feet. The Rams don't do that. Yeah. You have Stafford, Now it's funny that, you know, the Saints – well, I'll just, yeah, I was just going to say, it's funny that you mentioned the Saints offensive line and now everyone's saying they're trash because they're giving up sacks, but <laughs> you know, you got to look at who the quarterback is. Yep. So, you know, and if you go back to real bucks talk and our old podcast, we would say, Oh, the offensive line was pretty damn good uh, throughout those five years. Uh, but no one wanted to listen. Everyone wanted to say Donovan Smith was average. Uh, yeah. oh, he was trash. He was check, big bad yeah. trash. You better check your sheet and recognize. <laughs> uh, you, better, you better check your check your sheet. Yeah, right, we gotta bring that out like once a podcast now, once yeah. a live stream. I mean, but yeah. Defensively, just play better. Your front seven needs to be the front seven of that got you through the the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. That dominated the Chiefs' offensive line in the Super Bowl and won it for you. That's what needs to happen. It just needs to. Mm-hmm. Offensively, the sputtering. A lot of that could be play call. It could be the lack of running game, a lack of attempting to run the ball. And it, was, it wasn't even that far out. It was 7-21. Seven, seven you're still not even that far out. And I had no 
no hope of us coming back. And that's a, that's a problem. And it's not just a credit to the Rams' defense, which is good. They still have gaping holes in the middle of the defense to me. But pressure did get in Tom Brady's face, and I don't think it was entirely the offensive line's fault. What was your take on that? No, I agree with that. I think it was just circumstance. It was situation. Uh, there were some times where he just got in like third and longs, like third and eight, third and nine. Uh, and, you know, those kind of situations don't tend well to, you know, our type of offense. So it, it makes it tough. Uh, and you have to be more balanced. You have to find ways to be more creative in how you run the football and get, you know, those five to six yard gains, um, you know, at least four. You know, you got to find a way to get four yards per carry. That's a big thing. And there were some looks yesterday against the Rams defense. I'll have to double check on the game tape, but there was looks where I thought we could have checked into more run, you know, run options where we could have had, you know, ability to run the football and pick up yards on first and second down, because really that's where we lost the game on offense. We weren't productive enough on first and second down. And when you get into third and six or third and seven and more, makes it tough against the Rams because they have ability to take away your best players. Um, they have, you know, they have guys that can cover and, um, you know, uh, I'm forgetting the guy's name, the other corner besides Jalen Ramsey, uh, Darius, I want to say Darius Williams or someone along that line. Can't, can't recall his name, but he's really good. And then, you know, Jalen Ramsey playing everywhere. Uh, so it's just, it makes it tough. Yeah, I mean, Inside the five, they did what they do. I mean, right. yes, there there was a one time they did kick the field goal. I think you were saying it was situational. They're just trying to get points on the on the. Yeah, I I probably would have went for it. Just thinking back on it, you know, if you get the touchdown, you're down ten, especially going into the fourth quarter. I forgot what time was left on the clock. So, if it was if you had more time on the clock in the third quarter, I would be okay kicking the field goal. But since there was only you know a minute left in the third, I I would have went for it. You know for this the seven but well and let's let's put it to this way when we're successful during the playoffs or in that whole playoff run what were we doing often running the ball and play action play action yeah run the ball at all and you always hear in the like during the week oh we, we got to try and run the ball to get that play action working you don't necessarily need to run the ball to get the play action working it's something we always talk about you don't need that but it does help it does help a lot I mean, that's what the ravens do it helps Lamar Jackson out a lot so try to run the ball but try and do it in more favorable opportunities for the Buccaneers whether it be Rojo or Fournette back there you got to help them out have Gronk do what he did the whole playoffs stop trying to force feed this pass and have Tom Brady get gaudy numbers let's just win games and I think they needed this slap to the face they needed to get that bad taste in their mouth to realize okay we're not just Champions of the world, this is a whole new season. Um, there's other teams that are hungry and want that cup, or not cup, trophy that we're holding. Mm. So let's get right, get our mindset, and move forward. I mean, Brady usually always has that, but I think some of the youth in this team, especially the back end of the defense, needs to understand that and continue to move forward and look for that championship run again. But, I mean, again, it's not end of the world. I think they no. just needed this, let's be honest. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it, it's never a good sign when you have, what was it? 55 passing attempts, something like yeah. that. And that's, yeah, that, that's not a, that's not recipe for success. Um, especially sure this, for, one more time. Show this one more time. 
Yeah. Three carries for 14 yards. Tom Brady's leading rusher, 4.7, almost five yards of carry. Keep giving him the ball, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, we got to start running read options with Tom Brady. I mean, that's that's what it's come to. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rojo, Leonard Fournette, they, Wait, they got it. I'm going to give one other thing, one tidbit. Rojo, five carries, 11 yards, 2.2 yards per average. Okay. What did Bruce Arian say about that? Rojo ran really well. How the hell did <laughs> Yeah. How the hell did, did he see something I didn't see? I don't know. I don't know. But uh don't yeah, B BA's got a BA's got a lot of balls on him as far as uh you know taking that hit uh with the helmet and you know tough and then yeah, maybe his knee was just hurting and he decided to talk about Rojo running the ball well. I don't know, but uh <laughs> But uh, I think we're going to transition into our new uh, sponsor. Um, yeah. Let me pull this up here, and Mark, I'll let you take it away. Our new sponsor, there it is. Real Block Talk is now sponsored by Manscaped People. The Lawnmower 4.0 yeah. Plus has it on right there. Help support the channel. I have one. Plus has one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know they work. And yes. with it. With it being so hot outside, you gotta you gotta make sure you, you clean the shrubs up a little bit, make yourself feel good, look good, feel good, and hell, if Gronk endorses it, you know every Buccaneer should endorse it. And if your favorite Real Bucks Talk podcast, live stream, YouTube, whatever the heck you want to call us, endorses it, go on ahead, get, help us out, support the channel. You get twenty percent off when you use Real Bucks Talk as your discount code. And with that, get manscaped. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I used it once already and man, feels feels amazing. Uh, it's a great product and I highly recommend it. Uh, I think, you know, your significant other or your girlfriend, whatever, wife, definitely appreciate it. Uh, so smooth, guys. Yeah, smooth. very smooth. Uh, and it's just easy to use and it's a great product. So yeah, be sure to check that out at manscaped.com. B-E-A, beautiful. And now let's transition from Manscaped to Arian's is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Danny's not a big fan of Bruce Arians and I get it. I understand. I know, you know, with this type of, you know, weapons on offense and the type of personnel that the bucks have, you know, you feel we should score pretty much every time, you know, we, sh we should be able to put up 30 points a game like we did for what it was at nine straight games. And that streak came to an end yesterday. So, like Mark said, I, I think this was definitely a loss that, you know, was going to happen sooner or later. And, and it's good that it happened this early. Uh, and now it's time to, you know, wake up and, and realize that we're not perfect. Uh, there's things that need to improve and get better. And hopefully that process uh, gets right this week against the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we talked about it with Chris from the Boston Globe. It's going to be a huge game. Yeah, it. Everyone thinks it's going to be easy. Brady should dominate with the, the team that we have, and to be honest, we kind of should. I mean, you look at our team on paper, their team on paper, but that's not how it is. That's not how it's played. <laughs> so it's what's happening between the lines, and yeah, Belichick knows Brady, so it's going to be a tough matchup. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like a lot of people think it will be. Hopefully, it's at the the second half we just take over like we did last year on teams. But right. I think early on it'll be complicated and a lot of looks where Belichick knows Brady doesn't like, I mean, mm. there are times where the jets would do things where Brady looked like an idiot. 
But he still eventually won because their teams are better. But like, there's times where Brady does get confused. I think you're going to see a lot of that early. You just hope there's no turnovers with that. Right. But, no, I agree. And if you guys were, you know, joining us early on the show with uh, Christopher Price from the Boston Globe, talked about the Patriots matchup. He said Patriots defense is bad at at stopping the run. Will the Bucks commit to running the football this week? Is that something that they will try to do and, and try to be creative about and how they run the football? Will we see talk you to know, the trainer next? <laughs> will we see Chris Godwin, you know, getting those kind of like shovel passes or reverses like we saw with his touchdown, which was pretty nice? Um, you know, just stuff like that to to mix it up. You know, it doesn't have to be a running back running the football as we see Tom Brady leading us in rushing yards. So it, it could be anybody. I mean, we just have to try to try to establish some type of balance where we're not throwing the football 50 times a game. Yeah. And like I said earlier, when we're winning in the playoffs and almost moving the ball at will. It's when we ran the ball. Do you do some now Antonio Brown's probably going to be back? Do some end arounds with him. I don't know why they only like to do it with Antonio Brown, but it's coming back. So maybe you'll see some of that. Maybe you'll see creativity with the running game that way. Sure. Maybe they do commit and you see Leonard Fournette, Rojo actually running the ball, hold on to the ball again. But yeah, and they, they say it true. I mean, running the ball will help out your play action. You got to run the ball. You can't, you're never down that bad. And you can't keep putting it on Brady's arm that much. Again, he is 43. <laughs> he is getting up there. So what, come on guys, like let's, yeah. let's keep it even keel. I don't like to see le- le- less than 20 yards again for rushing yards. That's, that's crazy. But give, Oh, here's a good one. Let Vita run the rock. There we go. Now that is power football at its finest. Um, that'd be, that'd be interesting. I would just love to see him carry the football one time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just got, yeah, 44. It's just got to be better. Um, and with being better again, I want to see our front seven get after Mac Jones. I mean, make him go backwards and, you know, do stupid stuff. That's what you got to try to enforce in this game. And, and really you should be able to dominate this Patriots offense. I mean, there's not much to it They They don't really have, a a stud option in the receiving game. They don't have a stud running back. Their offensive line is banged up. I mean, it, it's prime for this defense to really have a breakout game that they need, a confidence booster. And, and it should be a, a game where they can take over, especially in the second half, like you said, and separate from them. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. The defense, you had three games in a row where you were subpar, one game where you're terrible. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Stafford, literally the, the second after the game ended, MVP candidate, top three guy, Matthew Stafford, <laughs> because of the shit show you put on on defense and had this guy get elevated yeah. to that status. So I hope, like he said, in their locker room, they're getting, oh, they have no chance, blah, blah, blah. I hope Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles are saying, look, you guys suck. Yeah. You won the Super Bowl. Okay, cool. You guys have done jack shit. You have two sacks on the season, I believe. And you're doing nothing, like yeah. a lot of nothing. So, how many points have been scored on us? I, I don't even want to count. <laughs> Almost over, averaging thirty something points a game. 
that's not good for a defense. So yeah, 29, 25, and then 34. So yeah, about 30 given up. Wake up, do your thing. Front seven, you got to be elite. You guys are that good. Play up to your standard. And your standard was not at all on par last game. And that's something like you just said, Trent Brown's out. Your offensive line is not up to snuff to our defensive line. You don't have to worry about the secondary if you're doing your job and yeah. make it easier on your back end by doing the stuff that you know how to do. Be the right. big money players that you are. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they need to utilize, you know, Devin White, Levante and more blitzes. Uh, they need to make it simpler for that front seven, you know, use their stunt game, use, you know, a lot of different things that they've showed, you know, over last year and they showed a little bit so far this year, but they got to be a little bit more creative and generating that pass rush. If you're not winning your one-on-ones, you got to find a way to create those guys and give them open space to, to operate and get after the quarterback quickly. Uh, and if you're doing said, so your coverage needs to match that aggressiveness as far as how you're, you're attacking. Um, if you're playing zone and you're blitzing, that's not going to work well because the quarterback's going to get rid of the football quickly. Uh, so those things have to be hand in hand. The communication has to be right. Like you said, Mike Edwards can't fall down. If you're supposed to be the deep safety, like you have one job, you need to make sure you do that job uh, and not allow Deshaun Jackson to do his shenanigans going into the end zone. Like that's just, that was hard to watch. You can't let that happen. Sean McVay running like 50 yards down the field to go give him a hug. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say this. <clears throat> Andrew's right. Stafford was great. Give him props. We'll see him again. I 100% agree. Stafford was great. Yeah. He had the time in the pocket to make these perfect throws. Even when he didn't have much time, he still made almost perfect throws. And whether it, what the guy caught the ball or not, he was playing at all cylinders, hitting it. I was hoping we'd catch him still trying to learn this offense. But I guess this offense really is made to be that easy. It's like one read and go. It's not there. Get rid of it. He almost had, what, two interceptions? Winfield tried to jump one where I don't know what the hell Stafford was doing. And I was, it could have been a pick six and then Jamel Dean's ensemble, but he does deserve every credit in the world. He played awesome. Some of the timing and the throws were, were elite. He has zip onto the ball there. We will see them again. I remember texting plus this last night. Hey, they're a good team. We're a good team. And mm. they're going to remember this. They're going to remember the hit on Gio Bernard late. Just let him get the hell in. Why are you doing that? So I, I still think we're going to see them again. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a good football team out there in, in Los Angeles and they're in a tough division. I mean, obviously you have, um, you know, San Francisco and Arizona that are, yeah, they're, they have good records and Seattle, I still think is a good football team. So yeah, th- those guys will beat each other up. Uh, you know, obviously the Bucks have a very good opportunity ahead to, to make a nice run here with the matchups that are coming up on the docket. So, you know, this is a time to get yourself right, you know, bounce back, understand what you're doing wrong and, and get healthy and figure things out. Um, and hopefully, you know, we can see some reinforcements come, come this way, whether it be a Richard Sherman or a trade in the works, you know, we saw CJ Henderson go to the Panthers. You were which, mad about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a solid move. Um, you know, but maybe the Bucks have something in the works where, you know, they they got something going going down either tomorrow or later this week. 
Yeah, the, the Richard Sherman name keeps getting thrown around. Let's see what money he wants. That's why he didn't sign with teams in the offseason, not just because of his off-the-field off, off the field situation. Right. We'll see. I mean, I would not mind having him. It would be a perfect Buccaneer pickup, to be honest, with with our injuries and with how, I guess, we're taking guys like that that are disgruntled or problem, no one wants them, and they go on a Tom Brady team and end up looking pretty damn good. But, I mean, one other thing about the Rams game, I mentioned it last week during the preview, the crowd noise. It was mm. crazy. I mean, there were times where we had delay of games. They were just trying to think. They couldn't execute. That was a huge ordeal. This is something last year they didn't really have to deal with. BA says it's not a big deal. We, we practiced that. It was a big deal. Yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, it was. That's probably a good reason why the offense wasn't clicking. It wasn't just because things were off between the two guys. Crowd noise got in the way. Mm -hmm. The Twelfth man came in, so you don't think it's going to be like that against New England? Hell yeah, it's going to be like that. Tom Brady's back in the house; it's going to be packed. There's not going to be an open seat, so that's something they're going to have to work on again. Practice, take it seriously this time, and you don't want to lose two in a row. Just be on that. I don't think Brady likes doing that either. No, no, it's uh, it's something that you know is definitely not common with a Tom Brady led team and. You know, I think this team will find a way to to bounce back, and it, it starts you know this Sunday night against New England, and yeah, it should be a, a good game, a fun game. But I, I feel like this is a really great opportunity for the Bucks to get things back in order, and you know, back on track, heading you know down the uh, the mid stretch of this season, and, and get on a nice run here. Jeez, look what Andrew said: thirteen thousand yeah. dollars for a bench seat. That that's uh, that is correct. I, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, it's an expensive game. It's it was a game from the get go that just has been ridiculously priced. I think I've seen articles where people have paid what twenty thousand, you know, for seats, stuff like that. It's just it's crazy uh, as far as just the overall hype of this game, and should be interesting as as far as you know, as we get closer and, and what the, uh, the topics are going to be. Yeah. And this is actually a good question. Bud said, would you rather lose to a good team or a bad team? That's the thing. I, I wouldn't want to lose to any team, but if I had to take a pick, yeah, it's going to be a good team. And the Rams are a really damn good team. Like they're, we said it before, this is going to be the hugest test of the season really early. It doesn't matter on paper. They have it. They have the quarterback, they have the defense and they have the head coach. So, they're, they're on a run, too. Uh, L.A.'s thinking Super Bowl or bust. So they were hungry. They wanted it more. Someone said it in the, in the chat as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, Bucks. guess what? There's there's another team fighting and clawing. You're going to see them again. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, you don't want to lose, period, like you said. But, yeah. uh, you know, as far as the way the Bucks lost yesterday, I'm, I'm okay with that because I, I thought the Rams just executed really well. And they just, they flat out beat us. Um, I don't think we did a lot of things that beat ourselves. I mean, yeah, there was penalties, et cetera, but there was no turnovers. There was, you know, really no bonehead. I don't think bonehead moves. I mean, maybe one or two, but it, it wasn't. Oh, the best one, the punter. That was the best one. Oh man. Yeah. That, that was when the quicksand was really starting oh. to get, get going. I mean, and, and Penyon was really, I mean, for the most part, he's been kicking it well. But yeah, that was that was pretty bad. Uh, 
But I, I, the second he hit, he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, like that icing on the cake on that. He one. wanted to exit the stadium at that point. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a loss, and the, the great news about it, it's just one loss, and we don't have to talk about the undefeated season no more. And thank God for that. You hated that. I did. But, I thought it was ridiculous. The Bucks were never going to do that in their history. It's just not the Bucks' way. It's it's never going to be that way. You know, let's just go win our 13, 14 games this year and and hopefully dominate the playoffs. Well, I mean, I'm not going to bring our history into it. I would just say it's just hard as hell to do it in the NFL, to win right. every game, to be that, especially with how young we are, that applied, that motivated every damn game to do it, especially against teams like the Rams the Buffalo bills that we're going to end up facing later in the year. It's, it's just, it's just way too hard to do. Uh, and then again, the best thing about it, it was during the regular season. This isn't the playoffs. It, it, it mattered, but not to the mm. point where playoffs matter. So learn and keep moving on. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. 16 to one. I'll, I'll, I'll take that too, Danny. And yeah, I mean, yeah, as far as no adjustments by the coaches, yeah, again, that's another thing on the Bucks. But again, I, I think you got to give some credit to the Rams. I thought they just they played a clean game. The Bucks did not. They didn't, you know, make the plays that were in front of them to make, and that's what happens. I mean, you end up losing by ten points when it probably could have been more. You know, let's be honest, it could have been worse. So it was just a, it was just a bad game, and it, that happens. It happens uh, in this league. Um, you're going to get embarrassed sometimes. It, to be honest, it wasn't. It felt worse than what the score said. Exactly. And then, uh, John Paul over here said, "Why wasn't Geo getting more touches? Geo had ten targets in pass catching, it, and he had nine catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. And yeah. that's how they're going to use him. I mean, if right. you're looking for to get a lot of running yards, I know you and John led your degree. They 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 want him to run a lot more." He's faster. Once he gets the ball, he goes. But this is where you're going to see Geo. Let's be honest. With our offense, the way we like to do things, we're not – we say we like to run the ball. But they're not, not going to run the ball. They're going to throw him the ball. Hopefully he's healthy. If he gets another game like this, that's insane. Ten mm-hmm. targets tied for lead in the, on, the, on the game. That's crazy. So if he has games like this and Tom Brady's actually winning and dicing up defenses, I'll take it. But, yeah. I mean, he's getting – that's the most touches he's had as a Buccaneer. So let's right. give some that. And he had one called back on a, on a stupid rule. So, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, just hope he's healthy, you know, hope his knee's okay. Um, and he can be back out there soon. I mean, probably see a Keyshawn Vaughn sighting this week. I know he played yesterday on special teams, but yeah, hopefully Gio's okay going forward. Um, but Guys, it's been an hour already. Again, we started off the show with uh, Christopher Price of the Boston Globe. Uh, be sure to check out his work. He does a great job on the Believe Podcast Network uh, where he covers the Patriots. It's the uh, Patriots Report podcast. So be sure to check him out. He was on here earlier uh, talking Patriots Bucks and a lot of great insight on how they match up and the return of Tom Brady, etc. So uh, be sure to check that out. And now we've been just talking Bucks and Rams, you know, that tough loss yesterday. But uh, with that said, this is Real Bucks Talk brought to you by Bucks Report and the Pigskin Podcast Network. 
Mark, uh, anything, any last thoughts before we wrap it up? I'll say this, guys. We have access to Game Pass and Coach's Film now. Hopefully it comes out soon, probably after this, this game ends. We're going to be crunching the numbers, do, crunching the tape, and getting you out some content faster this, this week. It's been hectic with NFL and their Game Pass, whatever the heck they're doing over there. We're, we're trying to get work around the kinks, but we're going to try mm-hmm. and get this thing on for you guys and show what's going on, where the Bucks' weaknesses are, what, where they're messing up, so we all can learn as fans and figure out what's going on with our team. Other than that, guys, I always appreciate your your contribution in the chat. Always live, always making it like showing your heart and your sleeve kind of in there. I love that. And guys, again, thank you very, very much. Yeah, well said. And I agree with that. Uh, Also, quick shout out. uh, I just want to say be sure to uh, look us up on Patreon. We have a Patreon account. It's Real Bucks Talk. Uh, If you want to help support the channel like MD Peel is right now. Um, again, it's just a dollar to uh, join for for the month, and I'm going to try to put out more content up there on Patreon. We're going to get some more uh, draft prospects up there, get some more videos, and really, that's probably going to be our main thing. We're going to do some more college highlights, and they will be exclusive on Patreon. So if you really like to get in-depth on the draft, uh, that's, that's a one way to uh, check us out there. Uh, but with all that said, again, thank you guys so much. This is Real Bucks Talk, and everyone have a great night.